0: Beating Cancer Daily Together. You ever catch yourself as an adult repeating something that your parents or your grandparents said to you, and then when you catch yourself saying it, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm turning into my parents and it's things that maybe when they were said to us as a child, we would roll our eyes or just make fun of what they were repeating to us. Well, there was a saying that my father said to me over and over and over again my whole life. He's since passed, but he did say this to me. And I remember thinking at different points, is that a nice thing to say to somebody Or is that bad parenting? But I have to tell you, this one phrase saved my life. So let me set the scene for you. If I wouldn't think independently or think about a problem and act from my own thought process, if I would follow a friend or succumb to peer pressure, my father would say, Don't be a sheep. And I am not kidding. He would bah. He would go, bah, you're being a sheep. And sometimes I thought it was really unkind, especially when I was very emotional as a teenage girl. And he would whip that out and I would get so hurt or frustrated. But then it would make me think, am I thinking independently? Am I just following what another friend is doing, or am I just accepting this statement as a fact instead of really thinking about it or investigating and researching what is that's being presented? Well, I have to tell you, I actually became a researcher and a journalist at one point in my life, and I think I was really good at it because my father really taught me to have these critical thinking skills. So, when the doctor said to me, You have a 99% chance of dying, in my head, I heard, BAH, (laughs) I'm not a sheep, says who? (laughs) (laughs) And I have to thank my father for over and over again saying that to me so that when I was confronted with this painful, but outlandish news at a major New York hospital from a majorly respected oncologist, I still questioned it. And I did my research and I did not follow completely what they meant when they told me to get my affairs in order. Yes, did I get a will? Yes, did I get a health care proxy? And yes, did I take care of things that would be needed for my daughter if, God forbid, I passed away. I did all that, but I didn't buy into the mentality or the belief that I had to die. And I just got going. The doctor's statement motivated me to research and look under every rock for a solution to how I could not die. And I think that because my father repeated this over and over again, at this crisis moment, when this oncologist gave me this terrible news, not only did I think of what my father said, and it inspired and charged me up, but it made me laugh that my response to this doctor was in my brain a funny use of what my father had said. So I actually replied, well, somebody has to be the 1%, but I did it with a comical retort. I did it as if I were saying a comedy line on stage. It was so natural for me to question authority. And I don't want to say that in a fully disrespectful way, but my father taught me to always question, even if it was coming from an authoritative person. And it has served me so many times in life. I was going through a divorce and the judge wasn't paying attention to our case and it just kept dragging on and on. And so in the middle of open court, I actually fired my divorce attorney and that allowed me to approach the bench. And I thought about it at that moment when I was getting deflected again and my case wasn't getting heard, that I had to do something dramatic to question the system because family court was not working in our situation. So I was actually called up to speak to the judge and I had my voice heard and my divorce was quickly processed after that. But if I hadn't learned that from my dad says who, I wouldn't have had the chutzpah, the nerve to walk over to the clerk, fire my attorney, and then approach the bench and say as my own voice, as my own representative that I needed the court system to actually pay attention to this case, that there was no reason that we should be continuing. Now, I had a motivation. Also, I had been diagnosed with cancer, and I knew that I couldn't fight the cancer battle and a divorce at the same time, and since there weren't big issues I needed to have the court hear what the issues were and get us processed as quickly as possible. And that's exactly what happened. I got called into the judge's chambers with my divorcing spouse and his attorney, and I was able to explain where we were in the case. And the judge's clerk quickly helped bring our case to resolution because there really weren't big issues to solve we were just caught in the system. So I'm really excited to share this with you. I'm going to have people all over the world going, bah, says who? (laughs) But it really works. Even if you just hear it in your own mind, it lets you become empowered in a situation where you might not feel empowered. Now, if you live in a dictatorship or you live in a police state, please be careful how you use this because I don't want anybody getting hurt in a different part of the world where people are treated differently for speaking up. And if you are a younger person and you decide to use this with a teacher or a parent, Please have good judgment. Say it in your own mind and use it to inspire you and use it for research purposes. But again, use it respectfully so you don't experience a consequence that is grave. I really want it to be used within the spirit of how I told the story, which is to give you hope in a situation that feels very hopeless, and also to give you a moment to laugh in your own mind when you say bah so that you have a minute to oxygenate your brain and think of a good strategy. So you know that I love when you go to comedycures.org and you tell me how this strategy worked for you, and also if there was something that was said to you as a child that really served you in inspiring you or giving you hope or drive during your cancer journey, let me know because I would love to learn it and maybe use it for myself and then be able to share it on this podcast to inspire and motivate other listeners. So you know that I love silly humor. And so I figured I'd share a few that are appropriate to this topic today. (laughs) The first one is, you know, I love sheep jokes. I think I've heard them all. (laughs) So dumb. But I've got to tell you one more that I thought was really cute. A boxer goes to see his doctor and he says he's having trouble sleeping. And the doctor says, have you tried counting sheep? And the boxer says, I tried, but every time I get to number nine, I stand up. (laughs) Now, if you're a boxing fan, you know that if a boxer gets knocked down, they get a 10 count. And if they don't stand up by 10, it's considered a knockout and the fight's over. So that the boxer said he can't count sheep but he stands up at by nine is really funny (laughs) and I am a boxing fan. So I just love when I can infuse a little humor into an episode. So I hope you enjoyed it and have a blessed day and I'll see you tomorrow. If you love today's episode, then tell the world why, because Beating Cancer Daily and our membership circle are both a listener and donor-supported experience. So the more people you tell and the more people that join us, the more robust and interesting programs our nonprofit, the Comedy Cures Foundation, can bring to you throughout the year. I really want you to go to ComedyCures.org and, of course, I always want you to make a donation it's tax-deductible to the extent allowed by law, but what's super exciting is not only can you laugh and explore the comedy there, you can look at our membership levels and find the one that's great for you. And if you're feeling a little bit generous, gift one to a chemo brother or sister or to a caregiver that you just want to help them improve the quality of their day. Thanks so much.